Well, is anyone excited to be watching church online today? Well, you're watching, so I guess you are. Uh, But here's another question. Is anyone excited to go through times of testing? Yeah, maybe not so much. And it's interesting when we go through times of testing, how it can literally kind of just sink our confidence. And so uh, we thought it would be a little fun to kind of kick things off today to put some of our staff members to the test. And so we put David Clark, our church planner apprentice, and Selena Begley, our administrative director, to the test. To, and to, well, you'll kind of watch their confidence kind of, you know, go up and down through this test. But instead of explaining it to you, I thought we'd just show it to you. So take a look. We are here to play a round of what's in that box. And this box right here, you may or may not know, will determine who will win between Michigan State and the University of Michigan on Saturday. And Ryan, how are we gonna do that? Well, we're gonna take random items and we're gonna put them in the box without them seeing. And as they put their hands in, whoever guesses the right item first gets a point. This is a scientifically proven way of determining the winner of a sports ball game. Oh, don't make noises like that. I'm not ready. <laughs> I thought I was ready. <laughs> Are you in? Oh, what is that? I feel something. Oh, what is that? Is it pine cone? Pine? Nope. Selena scared me now. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> Selena, stop. Dave, are you moving it? That's all I want to know. Drain cleaner? Yes! Drain cleaner! Drain cleaner! Oh my god! 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 Oh my Bears? No. Is it? Um, is it a mop? Yeah, that's uh, close uh, enough. A sheep, 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 sheep skin uh, mop. Uh, a duster. Duster, yeah! Touchdown, Spartans! <laughs> Selena, how are you feeling right now? Terrible. All right. Are right, you ready? Three, Dave, are you going in? I think I'm going three, in. You ready? Two, one. You ready? ready, ready. <laughs> oh! <laughs> is it wet? It, yeah, it's wet. <laughs> It's like a pumpkin. Yeah! 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 Be careful! Is it move. meat? No, it go moves. to the back. Go to the back. No, I'm not going in if it's, it's moving. Like, nope, I'm not. If it's moving, I'm. It's sticky. Well, I had nope. it. It was like. It's ah! a finger. It felt like a finger. What is, like a, what is this? It's a finger. <laughs> what is this? Worm. Ah! Yes, that cops. It's a tomato hornworm. Oh, look at all of them. 
Ew. Did they cling on to you? Oh, yeah, it's stuck to my finger. <laughs> okay, Wait, let me watch. Touch. Okay. Oh my gosh. I don't want to touch it. I just want to pet it. I'm so irritated right now. This is freaking me out. I need a prayer. Three, two, one, go. Oh, it smells. It smells. You smell I it? smell it. Yes, I can. I can't touch it. It's cold. I, I'm you guys know. Is, can you feel eyeballs? I Anything. Don't I don't know what I'm touching right now. I don't know. Like, oh, what is that? That was Dave. I'm trying with all my heart to like be moving. brave. Be brave. Is that a hamburger? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Is it a patty? Ew, no, it's what is slimy. It? It's Ew. wet. It's cold. What is it? I can't do it. What is it? It's, it's like an octopus. Octopus. Ew, no. Yes, octopus. It is? Yes. No, no, no. Oh, it is. Oh. Yep, Michigan wins, guys. Michigan wins. Oh, man, oh, man. Well, we'll see if they're right this weekend. We'll see if Michigan's really going to pull it off. So how do we have confidence in times of testing, especially when we feel like we're being tested maybe beyond our limits? For you, maybe that's with your parenting, or maybe that's you trying to figure out how to manage a budget or having a new work role position that you're trying to figure out, or, or maybe it's reconciling a, a, a tension in a relationship that, that you have. Here's something that's not new under the sun. As we walk through this life, we're always gonna be tested. There's always going to be testing in our lives. There's no escaping it. And so what we're diving into today is this question, is how do we maintain trust and confidence in our faith when those times of testing come? Let me say that again. How do we maintain trust and confidence in our faith when those times of testing come? And how do we stay the course when spiritual tests seem to surpass our limits? And we're going to be looking that through the lens of a man named Abraham as we land the plane in our series, Walking with Confidence, specifically today when it comes to handling the testing that comes in our lives. But before we dive into this, I just want to pray for you. Father, thank you for joining us today in this moment as we just explore you and move towards you. I ask that you would help us not to miss what you would have for us. Control my mind, my pace, my communication. I need your help. I pray this in the power of your son's name, Jesus. Amen. So as you're tuning in here, I want to ask you to open it up to the book of Genesis. We're going to be in the book of Genesis chapter 22. And if you haven't checked all the other messages on Abraham, you can fill yourself in as you just go back online there. Uh, but just to kind of give you a 30,000 foot view, we don't know much about the childhood of Abraham, as we've been saying, but we know a ton about his adulthood. And the main premise for the life of Abraham is this, is that God gave Abraham a promise. And it was a very specific promise. We call it the Abrahamic covenant. And what's really interesting as you study the life of Abraham is how you see the connection of the Abrahamic covenant all the way to the new covenant through Jesus Christ that we have. The parallels, and we're even gonna see some more of them today, are just unbelievable. How we can have our faith. We can be deemed righteous through faith, through our belief. And so Abraham was given this promise that he was going to be famous, that, that, that he was going to be a great nation, that he was going to have descendant upon descendant upon descendant. And this promise was given to him. 
However, we see a roller coaster of doubt and trust, of doubt and trust between Abraham and his wife, Sarah, because they kept waiting. They got to have a baby and no baby came and they kept waiting and waiting and waiting. 25 years had gone on since the original promise and they still didn't have a baby. They still didn't have an heir. So how was God going to keep his promise? Well, after 25 years, the promise was finally fulfilled and God gave Abraham and Sarah their baby, baby boy named Isaac. And so the promise was being fulfilled and the heir had finally come. I mean, they're a hundred years old having a baby. I mean, it's unbelievable. A hundred years old having a baby. Isaac begins to grow up. And it is in this moment where we pick up the story where Abraham is going to be put to the ultimate test. So here's where the story begins. Genesis chapter 22. We'll start here, verses one and two. After these things, it says that God, what did he do? Tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son. Not just, I'm not talking about Ishmael. I'm talking about your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And I want you to go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. This couple verses is, has been deemed and recognized as one of the most horrific stories of all of scripture. This has been making scholars scratch their head for centuries this request by God, this outlandish request by God is literally thinking, what in the heck are you talking about? Like you want, after 25 years, you're telling me to go take the one and only son, the heir of the promise that, the, the promise that you told me that we've waited for, and you want me to take my one and only son, the promise on an altar, and you want me to murder him? You want me to kill him? This makes absolutely no sense. This makes no sense whatsoever. And then what we see, you know, it, the, the, the text is silent between verses two and three, because at, in verse three, we start to see, you know, the, the, the response. And I've always wished, like, man, I wish we could have a little more insight into Abraham's mind. Like, what was he actually thinking? What was going on through his mind? I got to imagine he's completely puzzled. I got to imagine he's frustrated. I got to imagine he's angry inside saying, wait, what do you want me to do? You want me to do this? And what's really interesting is that oftentimes in life, God puts our faith to the test by making requests to us that might seem completely ridiculous to us. Now, it might not be in comparison to, to murdering a child, right? I mean, this is crazy, right? But sometimes, right, oftentimes, God will put our faith to the test by asking us to do things that seem ridiculous. Maybe it goes a little something like this. You want me to forgive who? What? Or you want me to utilize my gift for you in this way? What? You want me to give how much? You want me to give financially how much? What? Wait, you want me to move where? Does any of this sound familiar? I remember uh, before we started Miles City Church, uh, Jen and I were exploring the idea of it and our sending church at the time said, you know, we want you to go through church planter assessment training. 
And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I don't wanna go to the church planner assessment. At this time in my life, I, I had walls up because I was deflated in a previous situation. And I'm just like, man, I, I just, I was, I was a little hardened at this point in my life and my, and my journey and trying to figure out what God was having for me next. And so Jen and I, we go to this church planter assessment training. It's literally like a church planter boot camp where you get assessed from all different angles. They got psychiatrists there. They're, they're trying to find anything bad between me and Jen and they're putting us into these scenarios on purpose to see how we're gonna react under pressure with these different things. And, you know, it's a whole week. And so there I am, and it's about halfway through, and a couple of the assessors grab Jen and I into a room and say, hey, we just wanted to get a little bit of your feedback of how you think things are going right now. And I look at Jen, and I look at them, and I said, you want me to be honest right now with you? And they said, yeah, please. And I said, this is ridiculous. You guys don't even know what you're doing. This is a waste of money. All these little exercises make no sense. And I start literally just barraging them with just, just how bad this whole process is. And it's a complete joke. Jen's literally like squeezing my knee like, what are you doing? You're going to make us fail this assessment. You know, I mean, and so I just vomited on them. And they just kind of sat there and took it. And then they just said, well, thank you for your feedback. And here is your next report from your uh, latest uh, personality profile. So you can take that up in your room for this evening and we'll see you back tomorrow. I'm like, you've gotta be kidding me. So I go back up into our room and you know, we're just, I'm just laying there and, and I pick up this stinking personality profile and I start reading the profile. I just start reading it and I just start laughing because the first sentence in the profile talks about from my personality trait through this test is that with my personality trait, oftentimes when I'm put into situations that I don't know the outcome or uh, I, I, I don't understand the process, that I get very frustrated and sometimes irritable to the point of anger. And I'm like, <laughs> It just read me perfectly. So the next morning I had to walk back and humble myself with my tail between my legs of just like so frustrated by the testing process that I had to go through. God will ask us to do things that might seem beyond our limits sometimes. And in those moments, it's normal for us to wrestle. It's normal for us to question those requests by God. But the key is how are we going to respond to these actions, to these requests? How are we going to respond even if the request seems completely ridiculous? It reminds me of James. When James tells us in James chapter one, verse two, he says, I want you to count it all joy, my brothers, that when you meet trials of various kinds. I want you to count it joy, James. I mean, why do you want us to count it joy? Luckily, he gives us the reason. He says this. He says, for you know that the testing of your faith, what is it? It produces steadfastness. I want you to count it joy that you're going through testing, that you're going through these different trials, that you're going through this stuff because the testing of your faith, it produces endurance. It produces character. It produces maturity in your faith, steadfastness. So what does this show us? It shows us that how to have confidence in the testing is the reminder that testing, what does it do? It strengthens our trusting. It builds our confidence. Every difficult test that God is bringing you through or has brought you through or you're going through right now is not given to demean you, but it's to produce more belief in you. It's not given to demean you. It's given to produce more belief in you. If you don't know this, you need to understand this truth. He tests us to bring the best out of us. God tests you. He tests me. He tests us to bring out the best 
in us. Now notice what it says here. It doesn't say that God tempts us to bring the best out of us. No, it's to test us. And James also reminds us later in his book that God is a God that does not tempt. God does not tempt us. It's the enemy, it's the great enemy that's looking to devour and take us down. He's the one who tempts us into evil. God doesn't do that. He won't tempt us, but he will test us. But in the midst of our testing, guess what? You're gonna be tempted. I talked to many people this week in our church that are being tested. And as they're being tested, they're being tempted. They're vulnerable in their testing and being tempted to be lured away. And they're, and they're on the verge of making crazy mistakes in their lives. Be warned. Don't be surprised that when you're being tested, you're also most likely going to be tempted by the enemy as well. So we've got to stay on the offense. And so here's, the, the request was made, and now we're gonna look at how Abraham responded to this request given by God. Here's where the story continues. It picks up in Genesis 22, verses three. It says this. I'm just gonna read through the whole thing, three through 10. It says this. So Abraham rose early in the morning. It says that he saddled his donkey and he took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And then it says, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw that the place from afar, then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, check this out. My father, he said, here am I, son. Behold, I see the fire, the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So then they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then it says that Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. It's like, what do you do with this? This is just insane. And it can be so easy for us to be caught up in the request of the sacrifice, instead of being caught up into the response of being willing to go through with this. I mean, I imagine Abraham didn't sleep much that night, but what does it say? Sure enough, he rose early, he started saddling the donkey, he cut the wood, and he started to take the three-day journey up the mountain. Even though he didn't understand what was going on, even though he didn't have all the answers, even though he didn't know how the story would end, what do we see? We see Abraham having prompt obedience. He still proceeded and trusted God. And it's a, good, it's a good reminder that when we're tested and God is moving us in a direction, it's important for us to be prompt in our obedience to God. Now, as I started to think about, and forgive me, I'm not trying to belittle Abraham's faith here, but you know, what would make him actually go through this? Because I put myself in his shoes and I'm not trying to make myself feel good, but I don't think I could actually go through with this request. I mean, 
I'm looking at, I'm thinking of my four babies right now, you know, my four kids, 11 through four. I'm thinking there's just, I mean, what would give him the ability to actually do this? And one of the things though, that I think we have to put into perspective here, back in his context, God was speaking with an audible voice, directly having a conversation. I mean, the great I am, the great I am, Yahweh, the the God Almighty, the creator of the heavens of the earth, his voice is being spoken into the eardrum of Abraham, okay? So that kind of shifts a little bit. Like if I've never experienced that, we don't see that happening these days, right? So okay, maybe that is, you know, a little bit of a push. Okay, you know, I got to do what he says. Okay, it's the great I am. But also, I got to believe that Abraham is also leaning into the track record of God's character because he's lived an amazing life. I mean, the guy's 125 years old at this time, somewhere around that age. He has seen so much of God showing off his promise after promise after promise. He's leaning into his track record that of course, the great I am is not going to cause me to murder my son. He even says that God will provide a lamb. I know he's asking me to do this, but man, I, I, am, I, am, I am pretty sure that he's gonna show off his power in a really, really amazing way. And in the same way for us, as we go through times of testing, I've learned on this church planting journey over the last six years when I've been tested and our church has been tested through all these ups and downs of how is this gonna happen? How is this gonna pull off? Early on in the first year of our church plant, God, I remember him giving me this thought right here is, is that I've gotta stop, go, I gotta, I gotta stop praying that God will show up. Like, I don't even pray that anymore, that God, would you, would you show up? I start praying now, I, I start praying this idea that God, would you show off? I'm not, I, I don't doubt that God is going to just completely show off. Like, I know he's gonna show up because he, he, he loves Miles City Church way more than anyone, than more than I could ever love his, his, his church. He's, he's, he, he cares about it way more than I do. So I don't even pray show up anymore. It's all about, man, how are you gonna show off? And so when it comes to your time of testing to help build your confidence, maybe that could be a little tip for you. Stop praying, God, would you show up? Start praying that God will show off. Trusting in his track record. Now, another thing about this story that I never really realized until this past year is I want us to focus in on Isaac for a moment here. So let, let's, let's go back to, uh, to this verse here. It says that Isaac was bound. Now, for the longest time, I've always pictured a little boy helpless being bound by his father. I mean, in this moment, I'm picturing my four-year-old son, okay, you know, being helplessly bound being like, Daddy, what are you doing? But as you study it and you look at the age of Abraham, he had him at 100, he's now 125. Scholars and rabbis in Jewish tradition truly believe that Isaac was anywhere between the age of 25 to say 37. And so that changes the whole picture, right? Because, I mean, last time I checked, a thriving 30-year-old could have the strength to take out his 125-year-old 
dad, okay? So now it's not this helpless little boy laying on the altar. It's a willful young man willing to lay on the altar. He willingly took the wood and walked up the mountain and laid on the altar and allowed his father to tie him down. And he had the strength to get up, but instead Isaac was trusting his father that his father was trusting in the will of the ultimate father. What does that show us? I mean, that just kind of changes the perspective of the story that in times of testing, we must have the confidence to lay down our own strength, to, to, to lay down our will. And maybe for you, you're being tested right now and it's like your, your pride is high right now. It's hard to put it aside. No, this is how it's gonna be done. This isn't gonna happen to me this way. And I'm gonna take this into my own hands where maybe God is trying to get your attention in the midst of your testing to say, hey, cool off, chill out. Lay down your strength and trust the process. Trust the process. Where might you need to cool off and chill out and trust the process, just like I needed to trust the process with the church planter assessment? Where might you need to trust the process in the testing? So imagine this moment. Abraham has his knife raised over the altar, looking at his son that he loves so, so much. And then verse 11 drops like never before. Verse 11 says this, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here I am, he said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold, him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. Verse 11, I mean, dropping like no other. I mean, imagine the relief that was dropping to the ground. Imagine the knife literally dropping to the ground. And it doesn't give us the complete emotion of Abraham, but I got to imagine Abraham, 125-year-old man, on the ground, just exhausted from that mental exercise. I got to imagine Isaac is laying on that altar, just staring up in the sky, his heart racing and pounding and thanking God for his prevention. And in the midst of testing to help build our confidence, this is a reminder that God gave me a couple years ago, this sentence that I repeat often in my life over and over and over again is this, is that God's prevention is God's protection. God's prevention is God's protection. In this scenario, right, we definitely wanted to see that scenario be prevented. However, in other circumstances that we live through, uh, there might be things that, uh, that get prevented that we didn't want to have prevented. Like maybe getting declined from the school that you applied for. Or, or maybe it's a relationship not panning out the way that you really wanted it to. Or maybe it's that great opportunity that you just tasted, but it just fell apart right at the very end. And those moments of testing, 
when things don't happen that we want to have happen, we have to trust that God's prevention is God's protection. Maybe for some of you, you might be thinking, yeah, well, what about why didn't God prevent the evil that's happened in my life? Or why hasn't God prevented the evil that has happened in other people's lives that I love? Please remember this truth, that it's the evil one who tempts people to do the evil things because we live in a fallen world. It's the evil one that tempted people to do the evil things. Or maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, well, why didn't God prevent my loved one from dying and they went way too soon? And remember, it's trusting in the statement, God's prevention is God's protection. And I don't know all the answers for that, but I do lean into that as my hope, that God's prevention is God's protection. Why did he take her too soon? Why did he take him too soon? I don't know the exact answer, but trusting that God's prevention is God's protection. It's a line that I use now when I think about Jen and I losing our first child in a miscarriage. I didn't, we didn't understand, but choosing to trust that God's prevention was God's protection for maybe something that was gonna happen to that person, to that child, that, that he wanted to protect that child from. So he said, you know what? It's just better for you to come on home right now. It's just better for you to come home right now. God's prevention. It's God's protection. God's prevention is God's protection. So let's recap. How do we maintain confidence in the midst of testing as we've seen through the story of Abraham and Isaac? Well, we're reminded that maturity of faith is being produced. Remembering that, listen, as you're going through this testing, remember, maturity of your faith is being produced. Also, that when we're going through times of testing, we need to stay on the offense against the tempting from the enemy. Remember, God is the one that will test us. The enemy is the one who will tempt us. And then remembering God's track record. Re remembering that, 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 that God's track record through the years, that, that he is going to show off in the way that he deems best. And then in the midst of testing, being willing to lay down your strength, to lay down your will, to chill out, to cool off, if you will, in your time of testing. And then to remember that God's prevention is God's protection. The scripture tells us that Isaac was spared and then suddenly there was a lamb in the thicket that they brought to sacrifice. And they sacrificed that lamb and as they sacrificed that lamb, then it says that Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. And it's not by accident, most likely, that that's what he called it. And it's not by accident that thousands of years later in the same vicinity, there would be another sacrifice that would take place. There would be another example of a father laying his one and only son on an altar. But instead of preventing it from happening, this is the moment where he actually allowed it to happen. And that's what God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for us. I mean, seriously, think about this in terms of, you got Isaac, right? Most likely in his 30s, same year as Jesus, 
Then you think of Isaac carrying the wood for his sacrifice. And then you think of Jesus carrying his cross. And then you think of Isaac walking up the mountain. And then you think of Jesus walking to the cross. And then you think of Isaac willingly allowing his father to bind him to the altar. And then you think of Jesus willingly allowing himself to be nailed to the cross when he had the strength to say, get out of here and push everyone away. But yet he humbled himself and let go of his strength in the time of testing. Listen, God allowed Jesus to be tested. Why? So that you and I could be perfected. God allowed Jesus to be tested so that we could be perfected. Because all of us, listen, in any circumstance, in any trial that you face, in any testing that you face, you gotta step back and remember that our Jesus can relate because he went through trials like no other. He went through testing of limits like no other. And so in any test or trial that we face, instead of getting mad at God, we gotta remember, wait a second, look at what he went through for me so that I didn't have to go through it, so that I could be perfected, so that I could be deemed as righteous through my belief in Jesus. Have you ever grabbed on to the gift of Jesus? Have you ever allowed him to start perfecting you, to cleanse you of all of your sin, of all of your flaw, of all of your errors? Have you ever allowed that to take place? Abraham, it all started with Abraham. The way that this happens, the way that you're redeemed, the way that you can be cleansed is through your belief alone. Call upon the name of Jesus and believe and repent of your sin and you will be saved. And so when you think about your faith journey, have you ever gotten to the point in your faith journey where you were willing to surrender like Isaac was willing to surrender? Have you ever gotten to the, to, to, the, to the point in your faith journey where you're like, okay, I don't understand it all, but you know what? I'm gonna trust my father. I'm gonna trust my father with my life. If you haven't and you wanna be redeemed and you wanna trust him, I wanna give you that opportunity right now. And so wherever you're watching, just, just close your eyes and repeat this after me, make it your own. Just say, Father, I lay down my strength to you. I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sin and I believe you are the only one that can redeem me and clean me. And so I thank you for dying for me and not only dying for me, but that you rose again and that you went through with the sacrifice because you knew of the power of the resurrection that was coming. And so thank you for the resurrection that is now given, gives me life. And so right now I receive you, Jesus, into my life. As we continue to pray for those of you that truly meant that, the scriptures say, 
because of your belief, you will no longer perish in separation from God, but you'll have everlasting life that lasts forever. Amen. Amen. If you made a decision to surrender your strength, to surrender your life, lay it down at the altar for him, I just wanna just celebrate with you. And I'm sure you've got questions and we wanna help you. We're a bunch of imperfect people just striving to move towards God. And we wanna celebrate with you and, and help you on that journey. And so I wanna encourage you to just text the word Mile City to 94,000 and one of our team members will get up with you and help you on the journey as you move towards God. <laughs>